Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now, here's your host, Julie Zuzak. So, there comes a time in every entrepreneur's life where they have to start doing this one thing. It's bittersweet, it's really good, but also kind of sort of painful. And when you start a new business, you can't even imagine getting to this mythical place and then you turn a corner and boom, it happens. Welcome and thanks for tuning into Conscious Business, this special series on situational blueprinting. We are about halfway through the series and today we're creating a situational blueprint for having to say no. Because when you're building a business, you typically have to say yes to everything in the beginning. Every opportunity that's in front of you. Yes to clients and as your business grows you might be more selective about who you work with or what opportunities you embrace. Now if you are just driving by this podcast just checking it out we're in the middle of this series we started it off way back in episode 130 130 so you might want to tap out go back and check out that episode just so that it all makes sense and you have that proper context and for the rest of you who have been here since 130 or since the very beginning just to refresh your memory a situational blueprint is when you prepare for a future event, a milestone, or a challenge in your business by thinking through how you intend to handle it when it shows up. By doing this, we are well prepared and confident to handle the challenge because we know in advance how we're gonna handle it in a way that aligns with our values. Now the advantage of situational blueprinting is that we have the perspective and the clarity of thought to make critical decisions without being in that pressurized environment of having to deal with them in this moment. It also helps us to lean in and visualize future milestones, really accelerating them into existence. Now, when we start a business, as I said earlier, we say yes to everything. And this helps us get crystal clear about the type of work we want to do, the type of clients we want to work with, the services, the market, even maybe your pricing. But as you move along your journey, it becomes necessary for you to become diligent about how you spend your time. And so building the muscle of saying no is important because there's a clear correlation between no and yes. Once you learn to say no, to the things that you're obligated to do or the things you don't wanna do, then guess what? You can start to say yes to more things that you do enjoy doing. The things that are gonna net you the bigger, the better results. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, we're gonna talk about the red velvet rope policy in our second segment. I'm going to explain how yes and no are really kind of like two sides of one coin. And in our last segment, we're going to create a situational blueprint for saying no. And I'm also going to share five tips that are going to help you really build up that no muscle. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? All right, 
I know that some of you may actually not struggle with saying no, which is awesome. Congratulations to you. Give yourself a pat on the back. But for the rest of us, especially for those of us who suffer from the disease to please, saying no is a muscle that we have to or have had to build. And what's the best way to build a muscle? Well, clearly using it all the time, right? No matter how we resistant we are to it, how much we struggle with it, no matter how messy it is, we have to focus on doing it over and over and over again and not being attached to the results. If saying no is hard for you, then you are in very good company, my friend. Now, here's a few reasons why we struggle to say no all the time. First, and I said it earlier, the disease to please. Yes, this is a very real thing, the disease to please. We have this image consultant saboteur worrying about what people are going to think of us, but I guarantee you they're not thinking about you anywhere as much as you actually think they are. Chances are they're just thinking about themselves or they're thinking about you like briefly just for a second or two. So you've got to let that go. Another reason we struggle to say no is that we just get in a routine of saying yes all the time and we don't even know that we have the option, all right? So we need to step outside, have that perspective to look back in and say, okay, how much of this is actually working for me? How much of it isn't? And what do I need to start saying no to? And this is really simple and really obvious, but sometimes we just get in a routine of saying yes right away and we don't realize that we have options, all right? So this is a good opportunity for you to check in, take an inventory in your life, your business, your personal life, and see if there's anything that you are doing out of obligation, what we say should goals, right? You think you should do this. And lastly, the last reason that we sometimes resist saying no is that we lack the tools. If saying no is a new muscle or a non-existent muscle for you to build, then I'm going to help you out because I've got some tips that I'm going to share in the last segment that are going to help you to dive in and really build this muscle of saying no. Don't you worry, I've got you covered. Now, I want to introduce a concept This is a concept from the book. It's called Book Yourself Solid, and it's by Michael Port. Now, the concept is the red velvet rope policy. I love it. The red velvet rope policy. Now, I read this book when I first started out my business, and this was so sticky. This concept stuck in my head, and I still think about it now. In fact, last week... I shared this book and referred it to a good friend of mine and told them about it that they could check it out and maybe even want to like buy the book because this was such a valuable concept that really, really helped me out. Now, it's a way to make sure that you only work with people that you really want to serve. This is the red velvet rope policy. Now, in the book, Michael Port compares finding your clients to going to a red carpet event where you only let certain people through because then they feel like they're VIP clients. They feel lucky that they get to work with you. Now he acknowledges that it might be tempting to work with anyone who has a pulse and has the ability to pay you when you first start out, but remember, 
Clients who are not a good fit will suck your energy dry and take up space in your calendar. They'll actually be a blocker for you to find the right clients. So the right clients are the ones who energize you, who inspire you, who you look forward to spending your time with. They are the clients who make work feel like it's just fun. It's effortless. Now, the great thing about a red velvet rope policy is that you can always tighten it the more and more busy that you get with your business. You can start to recalibrate the supply and the demand as your business grows, which is a good thing. And to be perfectly honest, really brutally honest, you can also loosen it up again. Let's say you were a little premature on tightening it. That's okay. Let's be real. Mistakes happen sometimes, right? You might be excited to get really, really focused, but then once you get there, you realize, oh, I guess I wasn't really quite ready to do this. That's fine. Then you just back it off a little bit, right? So you can use either strategy. You can have your red velvet rope and you can just keep nudging it in slowly, slowly, slowly. Or you can zigzag a bit, right? Try like moving it in a ton, see if that works. And then if it doesn't, then maybe move it back out. Either way, either strategy, anything goes, whatever works right for you. But that is the Red Velvet Rope Policy. And the book is Book Yourself Solid by Michael Port. All right, I want to give you some tough love. As an entrepreneur, your time, not money, is your most precious resource. Did you know that? I know you did. It's just a good reminder and a great tweetable. Say it again. As an entrepreneur, it is time, not money, that is your most precious resource. And I always find it curious how people will be so careful about spending money, saving $5 here and there in their business, but they will waste their time, hours, in droves on social media or doing things that are completely wasteful. And I want to really stay here for a minute because this is an important concept. And I'm guessing that you, like me, probably need a good kick-in-the-butt reminder, all right? Because this is a big mistake that a lot of people make, and they keep circling back to this mistake if they don't have a disciplined schedule. There are always creative ways to access more money. You can make more money. You can save more money. You can barter services to reduce your expenditures. But you can never, never, ever, 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 I don't care how good you are at math, I don't care how connected you are, you can never put more hours in your day. And you can never have more hours in your day than someone else does. And I see people stress out over small expenditures. Now, I think all the time about the opportunity cost of my time when I'm committing to a task. And this helps me to make the final decision. I agree. Yes, it is good to be careful about expenses 100%, but don't spend time worrying about expenses at the cost of missing out and finding more innovative ways to make money, all right? So remember to think about both aspects, not just being rigidly attached and obsessed to your expenses, because when you have that lack energy that you're focusing on, sometimes you might shut out opportunities that are trying to come to you. I like to think about this as 
yes and no being two sides of a coin. And they're directly correlated, right? Because you have a finite amount of hours in your day. So if you feel like you don't have enough hours in the day to get everything done, then maybe it's time for you to take an inventory about how you are spending your time. Is there something that isn't getting done that you want to say yes to that you just don't seem to magically have the time in your day or your week to get it done? Then there's probably something also in your schedule that you could say no to or that you could outsource or find some help with. All right. So two sides of a coin. Once you say no to something, you have more room to say yes to something else that you're really, really passionate about doing. And sometimes we remember this correlation between yes and no and how they're directly related. It helps us to keep perspective and feel less guilty about saying no to something. Simply ask yourself, what is on the other side of this coin? What will I get to do if I say no? And when you say no to something, what does that leave space for you to say yes to? All right, so it's time to create a situational blueprint for when you need to say no. And this can be saying no to anything. It could be saying no to new clients or new business. It could be saying no to speaking gigs. It could be saying no to business meetings. It could be saying no to having coffee with someone. Take the time to think about what would be relevant to you. What do you anticipate showing up in your business? So step one is getting clear on what you think you're going to have to say no to. And notice if there's any resistance in you when you think about saying no. Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Do you feel like you would avoid or procrastinate that? Really take the time to think about it and notice what comes up for you. That's step one. Step two, look around at others who you admire and see how they've handled saying no. Are they in your face and really demeaning to people when they say no? Or do they do it respectfully? I went to a networking event years ago and saw someone speak who was brilliant. And I found him on LinkedIn and I sent a LinkedIn request. And I didn't hear back from him for weeks. And then he finally responded and said that it was very honest. And I remember this email really stuck out to me. And he said something along the lines of, thanking me for making my request and that he remembered being at that event and he enjoyed being there and he couldn't accept my LinkedIn request because he had a very strict policy about who he actually linked into. It was only people that he knew very, very, very closely and had actually worked with in business, not just a networking opportunity. So instead of just ignoring the request, which he absolutely could have, he took the time to explain the context of why he was saying no. So this is a time for you to look around, see who else is doing this really well. What do you admire about them? And what do you want to take away for yourself? For example, if you have a new opportunity or a piece of business that you can't take on, do you have a plan in place to refer that to someone? So here's what I mean. As we say, are you ready to send the elevator back down to help someone else on their career? All right. If you don't already, then I would recommend 
finding someone else who you can mentor or directly send business to who's in a slightly earlier phase of their business who you really, really respect and trust. They could probably use the helping hand. And so this is a great opportunity to really, really pay it forward. Or if you have someone approach you to do work that maybe you don't specialize in, do you just say, no, I don't do that? Or do you have a thriving network of people to match them up with? For example, one area of coaching that I don't and have never specialized in is career coaching. I've never, ever, ever taken on clients. It just isn't really an area that I'm thrilled to do. So whenever I have that kind of request, I have two other coaches that I know who actually do specialize in this and I send people to them. And this is the best business karma, right? Because it not only helps the client out, but it helps the other coach or the other service provider. And when you do this, this will always, 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 always come back to you in some way. It's just a simple exchange of energy. In order for you to give something away, someone has to be on the other receiving end of that. And it creates this knock-on effect that will eventually find that way back to you. All right? So personally, I don't ever believe in leaving anything hanging. There's always someone out there who you can find or some other way to serve. Another example is having an alternate group or service or something that you can allow people to sign up for. At least find a way to capture their email address because you never know, you might want it down the road in the future. So if somebody comes to you, then do you have another offer for them or someone to refer them to? And then step three, we decide how you're going to handle it. How are you going to be when you have to say no? How will you handle yourself? Will you stay grounded? I gotta confess here, this is where I see a lot of people facing and battling their ego. When they get really busy, they start to make a lot of money and they start to get bossed around by their ego a little bit, right? And you can usually tell because people go into animated past telling here. They start talking about scenarios or situations or replaying interactions they've had with people or silly, air quotes, silly requests that they've had from other people who don't understand how busy I am. Whenever you have that kind of self-righteous voice or tone come up, you know your ego is running the show and you need to just have a little check-in, sit down with the mirror head to meditation or talk to a really good friend who loves you enough to say, yeah, you know what? Your ego is really acting up and you need to be knocked down a couple of rungs, right? Those are the good friends. Those are people who really, really care about you to tell you that enough. Not only when you ask for it, when they see it and you haven't been conscious of it happening yet, all right? So those are the three tips to create a situational blueprint for saying no. Step one, get clear on what you think you're gonna have to say no to. And it might be one thing, it might be a whole bunch of different things, it's okay. And you don't have to know that those are guaranteed going to happen. Just think about what could come up that you're gonna have to say no to at some point in the future. 
Step two, look around at others who you admire and see how they've handled saying no. And step three, decide how you are going to handle it with grace and with ease. All right, so those are your three steps. Get clear on what you have to say no to. Look around at others who you admire and see how they've handled it. And then decide what you're going to do. And to help you out a little more, I want to give you five tips to help you saying no. So if this is a new muscle that you're just building, you're struggling in the moment to say no, here's five things that you can use, five different tools to help you out and really get comfortable saying no. All right? So here's number one, delay your response. Rather than saying yes in the moment, respond with, I'll think about it, instead of an instant yes. This allows you to buy yourself some time to check in with your schedule and see if it actually does fit, see if it fits with your values, see if you just take a gut check and actually wanna do it, because you can say no. Tip number two, express your gratitude. Don't be all weird and awkward about it. Just be sure to say, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me and inviting me, but I'm going to have to pass. Tip number three, ask permission to get back to them. Just say something like, hey, can I have some time to check out my schedule and get back to you? Or um, can I have some time to think about that? That's a really great opportunity. I want to make sure that if I commit to it, it will actually fit in my schedule. And when you do this, this is a great time to really check in with your values. If there is a value that you are honoring by saying no, then this is a great time to explain that to someone. So you could say, you know what, I have a really strong core value of balance. And I'm quite busy. If I say yes to this, I know that this commitment is going to make me compromise my value of balance. And so I'm going to have to say no. And I find most people that I run into anyways, are very, very reasonable. And if you just give them an explanation as to why you're saying no, it helps them accept the no a little bit easier. All right. Next is number four, a counter offer. Oh, this is a classic coach technique. We use this all the time. So when we give someone a challenge, they can say yes, they can say no, or they can counter offer. Now the counter offer is somewhere, I guess, between yes and no. It's saying, yeah, I will do it, but I'm not going to do it exactly how you said. I will do it this way. Is that fair? And it's kind of like, you can think of it like negotiating, right? So say no what to, to what exactly they're offering, but Maybe you feel compelled to meet them halfway, or maybe you have an idea of something that would work out even better in this scenario. All right, the last tip number five is to provide context. Explain why you are saying no and give them the reason and the context. This will help you, A, keep your image consultant saboteur in check, right? But also, it helps you to remember that you're a leader and you might inspire someone else to start building their no muscle too. So remember, you're not just saying no for you, but you're also teaching the other person how to access no. Maybe they aren't comfortable saying no either. All right? So let's recap those five tips. Number one, delay your response. Two, express your gratitude. 
Three, ask permission to get back to them. Four, counteroffer. And five, provide context. All right, that wraps up this episode on saying no. Remember, if you keep going and you keep believing in your dream, the time will come when you have to start saying no in droves. You're gonna say no here, you're gonna say no there, you're gonna say no all the time, and you're gonna survive. It's gonna be okay. And I know this might feel awkward to say no now, but trust me, you've totally got this. No challenge will ever be put in front of you if it wasn't meant for you, if it wasn't meant to teach you how to grow, or if you couldn't handle it. Don't worry about what other people think of you because, as you know, what other people think of you is none of your business. You've totally got this. Keep your eye on the prize. Focus and keep taking action. And you, my friend, will be saying no with grace, with ease, before you know it. Thanks for hanging out with The Corporate Yogi. Remember, being an entrepreneur can be intense and isolating at times. Don't do it alone. Become part of Julie's Facebook group called Conscious Business. And if you're really serious about growing your biz, visit thecorporateyogi.com and book a free strategy session with Julie today.